Good evening, UC Bearcat fans. It's James Ernest and Mark Fightmaster with UC Bearcats on the Prowl, part of the Grueling Truth Radio Network. As you see, we've upgraded this year and we now have cameras. Mark, what have those Bearcats been up to? Well, you know, uh, James, it's a, it's a big year for the Bearcats moving into the Big 12. You know, uh, they are, you know, they're not predicted to do great in the Big 12. I think uh, one, a couple of places I saw have them rated in the top 10 of, of the conference, mm -hmm. which, you know, is understandable. I mean, this is a team that's in a lot of flux right now. Um with Luke Fickle leaving and going to Wisconsin, with Satterfield coming in from Louisville with his uh, with his staff, you know, and trying to change things up a little bit. So it, it's going to be an interesting season, uh, you know, to say the least. And we'll, we'll touch on that a couple of times throughout this, I'm sure. Oh, definitely. The thing that I think is interesting is that um, Louisville is actually currently ranked uh, higher than we are. Yeah, you know, that means that Satterfield left them in good in a good uh, situation. Exactly. Yeah, because they unfortunately they ended up beating us during the bowl game. And then, yeah, we're 64 and I think Louisville's like 34, 35. Yeah, 34. So they're 30 spots ahead of us. Yeah, yeah. You know, and you know how it ends up, who knows? You know, it, it'll be it'll be interesting to watch and see how those two teams do. Uh, you know, and also Bearcat fans are going to have an eye on Wisconsin. You know, just to see what goes on with Fickle, you know, uh, with with him leaving us and going to a quote unquote bigger program, you know, uh, or better program. Uh, it, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, exactly. We're going to watch them the same way uh, Bearcat uh, basketball fans watch West Virginia. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Or the same way that we watched Notre Dame with Brian Kelly last. Oh, yeah. You know? Good point. Yeah. You know, we can we can all be pissed off about that, you know, or even going back even further, Mark D'Antonio in Michigan State. You know, exactly. So, yeah. It, yeah it's it, just, it is what it is. It's just funny though, with Brian Kelly now moved down to uh, LSU. Yeah. Yeah, you know, uh, he's he's kind of got that reputation now as being a team jumper, you know, like he's got this job and he does a great job there. You know, he did a great job at UC and jumped to Notre Dame. Mm -hmm. uh, then he did a he did a serviceable job at Notre Dame and jumped mm -hmm. to LSU. So nothing like a team jumper. Exactly. And then yeah. they're projecting big things for him this year at LSU. So, I mean, he's got the results. It's just you don't want to see him do well. Yeah, you know, and, and we'll see. You know, uh, that again, preseason rankings, especially the top 25 to me, are such after the top five, mm -hmm. you know, are such a crapshoot. I mean, I know LSU is putting, sorry, my dogs are barking. No worries. Uh, <laughs> that, the, that the, uh, I know that LSU is putting the top five in a couple of the polls I've seen, but, um, you know, it, it, it's, it's a crapshoot. You know, you got, you got your Alabama, you got your Georgia, you got Ohio State, you got Michigan, and then, after that, it's whoever, you know. Exactly. So. And your boys at Ohio State are pretty much always going to be up there. Yeah, but right now they're always going to lose to Michigan. So I'm not, but you didn't hear that from me. And Stetson Bennett is the quarterback we were talking about before we mm -hmm. came on the air, the kid from Georgia. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Remember when we were comparing. Uh, yeah, trying to figure uh, out who was going to be the longest tenured quarterback. Yeah. In, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it was going to be Ben Bryant or is it going to be Stetson Bennett? Exactly. So, yeah. So the name just came to me. I, I, I'm 50 now, James. That happens a lot. It happens. So. No worries. The thing that I think is great is that uh, UC is already sold out for the most part. At least all their yeah, season I'm, tickets. Yeah. 
Right. And there's a ton of excitement uh, with it, you know, with, which there deserves to be. This is, you know what, uh, I mean, the Big East was good when we were in, when you see it was in the Big East, that was nice, you know, because that was a big conference, but that was mm-hmm. basketball. Um, you know, the Big 12 is, is obviously a step up from the, the AAC, mm-hmm. you know, um, and this is something that I feel like Bearcat fans have targeted for a long time. You know, is is a major conference, whether it be the Big Ten or the Big Twelve. Those are the two that were always thrown around. You know, but the Big Twelve isn't just a football conference, isn't just a basketball conference. It's both. It's you know, both exactly. Both really and then on top of that, the elevation of the women's sports mm-hmm. in the Big Twelve is going to be huge. You know, because Big Twelve women's basketball is mm-hmm. massive. You know. Um, you know, Big 12, I think women's gymnastics is, is huge in the Big 12. You know, so I mean, there's going to be a lot of different other sports that get drawn up to the level of the Big 12. You know, it's not just going to be men's basketball and football. Exactly. And then the thing that uh, really makes the Big 12 impressive is they took all the best teams from the AAC. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, yeah, shoot. It's not that we're just leaving them. We brought everybody with us that was worth bringing with us. Well, right. And then on top of that, you got the uh, the failing of the Pac-12. You know, I mean, Colorado's coming back, I think. And there's talks of some of the Pac-12 teams possibly moving in. I, th- I thought there was talks of, like, Utah maybe jumping ship uh, and possibly even um, – Oregon State or no, maybe Washington State. I can't remember which one. It was one of those states. But yeah, I mean, we may be able to poach some people from the Pac-12 too. So who knows? It's a good conference. Yeah, they were saying like Oregon was going to go to the Big uh, Ten. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, I mean, just all kinds of crazy things that are going to be happening in college football. Yeah. Well, and, and the first shoe to drop was USC and UCLA leaving for the Big Ten. You know, I mean, that's that's massive. That's the two cornerstones of, of the Pac-12. And with them leaving, it, it does. It opens up a lot of chances for other teams to, to move, and, and maybe the Big 12 can benefit from that. Exactly. Yeah. And then I know there's tradition in the names, but I really think they need to change the names. If, if you don't have that number of teams – Stop calling yourself yeah. that. Yeah, what the Big Ten should be like the Big Sixteen now, or something. exactly, and with a twelve, but there's not twelve, yeah. and it's right. yeah, it's confusing. But then again, yeah. I'm sure people would say the same thing about the directional conferences, like the SEC. You know, yeah, they're like that team's not in the southeast; eh, it's still yeah. in the south at least. That's yeah, the ACC. They're not on the Atlantic, the Atlantic coast, you know. Nah. So. Exactly. This is what it is. There's people that make far more money than you and me that decide those things. Definitely. So they had another good year at higher ground, 25 years. Yeah, that's impressive. I didn't know they'd been going to higher ground that long. Um, I I read the, I I followed Dan Horde on Twitter or X or whatever it's called now. And uh, he was posting his daily updates from up there. And and he put up there, they had been 25 years. I'm like, man, that's, that's a really good run. Uh, and that's a really good place for them. Higher ground is a neat place to go. It's got the uh, that good camp atmosphere, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I think that helps out a lot. I agree with you. I think it builds the unity and just having the consistency of knowing where you're going to go each year as opposed to changing it around so dang much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there is. There's that consistency. And that helps the kids. It helps the coaches. I mean, 
obviously with this being Satterfield's first year, it, it wasn't, you know, it was probably nice for him to have that on the schedule, you know, so he didn't have to worry about that. But as he moves forward for the next, you know, three, four, five, however many years he's here. And, and I hope it's a good long run for him. Um, but as he moves ahead, he has that to fall back on. He knows what's going to happen. I agree. Just yeah, knowing ahead of time what to expect and having that consistency is is always a good thing. Yep. So what are your thoughts on the offense? On the offense? Um, you know, it's, it's going to be interesting. We were talking before we started filming, you know, um, Emory Jones is is going to come in and be the quarterback. And, you know, we talked about, you know, I guess they said what he transferred from uh, Arizona State or whatever it is or wherever he was, but he was originally a Florida, you know. So we're we're getting a uh, a Florida quality quarterback to come in. Now, he, he's a senior, so is he going to be able to come in and, you know, uh, run things smoothly? Um so, you know, I, I think that's going to be good for him. Uh, it's nice to have him there. You know, we've got this uh, Jack Perry, who's also a senior. So my guess is he's going to end up being the backup. Um, I, I don't I can't imagine it's going to be much of a quarterback competition. I think Emory Jones is the starter. Um, so then what we, what we see then is we're, then we go to the backs. You know, you got Ryan Montgomery and Corey Kiner. Those two really – are going to be the workhorses of the offense, in my opinion. Um, the passing offense is going to be good, but we really need those running backs to uh, to help take control of the game. You know, um, a lot of the teams in the Big 12 are fast, score fast. We're going to score quick. You know, we're going to do this, 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 and this. We're five plays and we score, you know. Um, Mike Leach kind of running gun football, mm-hmm. in my opinion. If UC wants to compete with those, they may have to slow it down a little bit. And so if they can tear off, I mean, there, there's a saying on, on the team I coach, and and I've heard this other times, you know, three three plays of three yards gets you a yard away from a first down. You know, mm-hmm. so let's say you get two, three yard, two, three yard gains and a four-yard gain first down, and yeah, and the chains move. Uh so sometimes, and I'm not saying that UC is a horrible team and a horribly unathletic team. Okay. But they may not be on the same level as Oklahoma, you know, uh, Texas, who they're playing this year. They don't have to worry about them down the road, but even the other teams in the big 12, you know, uh, they like to speed it up and they may not have the horses to hang with them right now. So what you do when somebody's too fast for you, you slow the game down. Exactly. And you go with them, you go to them physically. So if you've got those running backs who can just pound it and get in there and, and take those yards, it's going to help your offense in the long run. Yeah, I agree. I feel the running game is going to be the most important part of our offense and that it's our strength, obviously, is our defense. So, I mean, mm-hmm. if we can keep the other team off the field is going to be the biggest challenge. Yeah, because, you know, our, our strength is our defense. But the problem is if our defense is in a track meet, every you know every time they're on the field and they're only getting six seven plays off Mm -hmm. they're gonna wear down i mean unless you've got unless you've got 35 kids that are just studs on defense and you just continue to rotate them in and out you're gonna wear down so yeah i was gonna say we don't have 35 but the good news is we do have according to bruce feldman we have three freaks so Mm -hmm. we have um corleone who's their 16th best freak uh, Briggs, mm-hmm. 
who's also a defensive lineman, and mm-hmm. we have Pace, who's okay, yeah. Just by definition, the fact that he's a linebacker and a DB, that actually does sound like a freak. Right. It really does because he's got the size, he's got the speed. You know, I mean, I, I don't think we have to worry about him going out and playing corner. Yeah. But safety. Possibly, yeah, safety or even maybe, maybe a nickel corner, mm-hmm. you know, so um, with, with his speed. That's nice because in reality, in the coaching world, if you have – if you put 11 guys out there on defense, you need to worry about getting a nickel package in. It takes something, it takes a little bit off your mind when you can say, okay, well, well, Dante's just dropping back to safety or he's dropping over, bouncing over to nickel corner, you know, instead of having to get him off the field. Because when it all comes down to it, James, and, and you know this from football, you know this from coaching, you want your 11 best on the field at all times. If Dante's one of the 11 best, how do you keep him, you know, on the field? So. Now, with you being a coach, you'll know some of these positions because I was surprised by a couple of them. Because I mean, I you know the traditional ones, the D line, the you know the linebackers, that kind of thing. But uh, it, what's a dog? Well, in Satterfield's scheme, well, not Satterfield's scheme, but his defensive coordinator scheme, I think that's the strong safety. Okay. Um, but but also at Penn State they used to call the hero back. I don't know yeah. if you ever heard. heard I've heard that before. Back. Yeah, yeah. So I think I don't think it's a necessarily a new position. I do think it is just terminology. Okay. Yeah. Because so, yeah, cornerback safety, all those I was familiar with. But then they yeah. had like star because that's yeah, what that they're calling pace. Down. Yeah. 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 And I think that's possibly um, maybe like this. The pace is kind of a linebacker yeah what i'm thinking is i'm wondering if star is like the sam linebacker the strong linebacker in whatever scheme they're running makes sense yeah i was gonna say because they got listed like the uh the 3d lineman and then they have a dog and then they have two linebackers and uh a star so that's what i'm thinking it's kind of that in-between player yeah, and, and that's what I'm guessing. Because the thing is, I mean, let's be quite honest. UC's got a lot of tweeners size-wise. Mm-hmm. You know, they really do. Um, you know, Corleone, he's a light linebacker, but a big DB, you know, that kind of thing. But he's got the athleticism of DB. Uh, same thing with Pace, kind of, you know. So, um, and which I think is what made Pace, who got drafted, so attractive to the NFL because he had that speed and he had that size. It was just, you know, so – um, I think he's one of those tweeners. I think, and I think the defense has a lot of them. Exactly. So there's a lot of great things going on there. Uh, like we said, the offense, we're kind of really focused more on uh, uh, Kiner and uh, Montgomery, the running backs. So I yeah. think it's going to be quite interesting. Obviously, you know, people, I know it's still early, are comparing Jones and Desmond. I, that's, hmm. I mean, I know he can run, but that's a bit of a stretch. You know, that, that's hard. That's hard um, to do. You know, I listened to the Bengals game uh, on the radio on Friday night, and uh, Hordy was talking about, you know, uh, Desmond Ritter because they were playing the Falcons mm-hmm. and just talking about how he was 43-7 and seven at yeah. UC. You that know? Is... And, and I think people in the media, we in the media, I guess, it, 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 we get so – so tied up and trying to compare somebody to the next, you know, he's the next this, you know, um, he's the next Jordan, he's the next LeBron, he's the mm-hmm. next whatever, you know, and for 
for UC media, for UC fans to say, well, doesn't, you know, uh, Jones is the next Ritter. I think that's unfair. Um, I think we need to just let him be Jones. what he is exactly. <laughs> you know, let, let him be Emory Jones because, quite honestly, from what I've seen, I mean, Desmond Ritter was a great ball runner. He was a great runner, mm-hmm. but honestly, I think Jones is faster. Mm-hmm. You know, which which he needs. But then, if you put Ritter where he was, remember Ritter was in the AAC. Yeah. So he was able to be fast in the AAC, whereas Jones's speed is another level. He's got that SEC speed, if, mm-hmm. if, if you want to put it in, in a simple way, because that's where he was recruited. So, you know, I, I think it's tough to say somebody's the next somebody, you know, which is interesting because remember, for the longest time, wasn't it Evan Prater was the next Desmond Ritter? Exactly. And now yeah. he's playing wide receiver, <laughs> you know, so – that's right there is a good example of tempering expectations. Oh, Evan Prater, the local kid, is going to be the next Desmond Ritter. Well, no, not really, but let's let him be the next Evan Prater out of wide receiver. Yeah, and I'm just glad to see that he stayed with the team because with so many transfers, people coming in and going, Mm -hmm. and, you know, I mean, does he go with Fickle? Does he just go to somewhere else where he could be the starter? You know, it's just, yeah, a a lot of surprises. But they, I think he did the right thing. I, I think he did too. And, and I think what it boiled down to, James, is he is a local kid. Mm-hmm. And I think he wants to finish out here. He started here. I think he wants to finish what he started. Uh, he's a proud kid, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, he had to move over to wide receiver. But he's going to go over there. And I think he's going to do pretty well as a wide receiver. He's got good hands, you know, and he's got good speed. So we'll see how it goes. Exactly. Someone who actually picked the college based on the college, not based on yep. the coach, which I think is great. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. I agree. You know, uh, he's, and, and he's a good kid too. I mean, when it boils down to it, he's a good kid. So. Now, of course, with you being a former lineman, you got to <laughs> have some thoughts on the, the upcoming lineman. I'm excited about having the junior back uh, mm-hmm. Gavin. Yeah. You know, I mean, they were a young line last year. I think they only graduated two guys. Uh, you know, I think they're bringing back three, maybe not starters, but three contributors uh, across the line. I may be wrong on that, James. But, um, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how they use them again. It's going to be scheme-based, you know. Um, Satterfield's offense, what are we going to see out of his offense? Does he want the high tempo? Does he want the grind it out and slow it down? Say, so, you know, we'll find out next Saturday when they play against uh, EKU, uh, just, to, just to get an idea of, of what's happening. But it, it, it's all – we can talk about how fast Emory Jones is. We can talk about how good Evan Prater could be. We can talk about Kiner and Montgomery being great running backs. But if the guys up front can't do anything, it doesn't mean a thing. You know, exactly. they can't open the holes for him. So – yeah, Williams and uh, Gerhardt are back. They're both uh, juniors. They were bred-shirted at one point, so they got yeah. at least this season and next season, so they got oh. uh, time to grow. And we got the uh, the kid from Louisville who transferred, mm-hmm. uh, the elder kid who went to Louisville. When Satterfield came up here, he came up with him, and I, his name is so escaping me right now. I, I don't remember it, but he uh, he was at Louisville last year. And I think he might even be the center. I'm not certain. So. Oh, Luke Kander? Yeah, I think yeah. that's it. Yeah. 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 Yeah, he's he's not projected to start, but he is definitely projected to uh, rotate in. 
Well, yeah, and, and, and it's helpful because he knows the scheme, so he can kind of be a coach out there with the players, mm-hmm. you know, so. I agree. Yeah, that is a nice thing that uh, Satterfield was able to bring some of his players, and so I think that's going to help out with the transition. I agree. I agree. It's going to be fun to watch. Definitely. But, yeah, like we were saying before, I think the big area is the defense. I mean, we have, like I said, we have three of them that are on that freak list. We have a couple of them that are All-Americans. I mean, potential All-Americans. Yep. Yeah, you know what? You let your athletes do what they're going to do. And uh, from what I remember about Louisville with this coaching staff and Mm -hmm. the D coordinator's name, I can't remember it. Uh, but he's a young guy. He likes to attack. Uh, so I think we're going to see that out of the defense. Just a lot of straightforward. Sounds great. So we got to talk a little bit about the the upcoming season. Next week, we're going to focus on the EKU game. Not that there should be too much to that because, right, right. yeah, I was going to say everyone's projecting UC to win by a substantial amount. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, we can go into that, and I think it's going to be a great uh, season this year being able to uh, learn more about the Big 12. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Uh, Again, I I think as fans, we need to temp our expectations a little bit. Uh, One thing that works in UC's favor is I believe I saw on ESPN they've got basically the fifth easiest schedule of the BCS teams. So I think that will work in our favor this year, and we'll see what happens. Definitely. Well, as always, it's James Ernest and Mark Fightmaster with the UC Bearcats on the Prowl, part of the Grueling Truth Radio Network.